Well, greetings and welcome to the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And this is David Carnes. And let me say what a joy it is to be back with you today. Always look forward to our time together. But now, as we come back together today, we are just walking our way through 1 John chapter 4 and verses 7 through 21, a section of John's letter where the apostle is writing about love, God's love to be specific, this love that is a selfless love, a sacrificial love, putting others before self, not counting the cost. John even calls this love a perfected love in the text. In the Greek text, by the way, this love is agape, but it is from God, and God then implants this love in his children. This is the love that only the Christian can truly live out consistently and habitually. But now, with that said, there is something else that I want to bring out at this point in our study, and that is the theme of 1 John. And the theme of this letter is assurance. The theme speaks of the assurance of salvation, that you can know that you are saved. And all through this letter, John speaks of this. And what John does time and time again is he will give a test a test that we can take, and as we take the test that John lays out and we pass, then we can know that we are saved. And let me say that one of the tests that John constantly gives is the test that deals with this love. For example, in verse number seven of our study, John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Now, you see, there's a test. And so I bring this out simply because as we look at this part of John's letter, we need to know that it is the Christian that loves with this perfected love. And it is therefore this love that is lived out consistently that then proves salvation. But now, Just one more thought here, and then I'm going to get us into today's lesson, and that is what we are looking at today is what I can call an incentive that prompts the Christian to live out this love, this selfless love. And the incentive that we are going to look at today is God's salvation. And what I mean is when you know what God has done for you, that God has saved you, that God loves you that much, then your response is going to be, well, I want to live out this agape that God has placed in my life. I want to live out this selfless love. And that's the response. But with that said then, let me get us into the text, 1 John chapter 4, and today specifically verses 12 through 16. So open up your Bible And let's look at this together as we spend time in God's Word. Point number four in all this is perfected love is motivated by God's salvation. Perfected love is motivated by God's salvation. Now, we see this in verses 13 through 16, and we're going to walk through this. Now, this is going to go very quickly, so you need to hold on and watch where we go with this. But we start with verse number 13, and this is what John says. John says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Now stop right there. Now, 
really all John is saying there is there is something that can confirm to you that you're saved. That's all he says right there. And again, isn't that the theme of the letter? Yes. Affirmation of salvation. That's the theme of the letter. And so we ask, okay, so what is John speaking of here? What can affirm our salvation at this point in the letter in verse number 13? Look at it again. Verse 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, and here it is, because He has given us His Spirit. You see that? There there it is. Now, John says one way you can affirm your salvation and that your faith is true is you have God's Spirit within you. As a matter of fact, he said the same thing. You might remember this. Chapter 3, verse 24, same letter. John wrote, and by this we know that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. Now, just to clarify, but this all means is, here's what it means. You know you have God's Spirit within you simply because there are only certain things that a person will experience when God's Spirit indwells that person. Did you hear what I just said? You, if you have God's Spirit within you, then you are going to experience things that only the indwelling Spirit will allow you to experience. Lost person's not going to experience this. You ask the question, well, what are some of the things then that if I am saved and I have the indwelling of the Spirit within me, God's living in me, what are some of the things I'll experience that a lost person will never, ever experience? Here's number one. But understand this, it's only the person with God's Spirit within them that can comprehend the Word of God. Did you know that? For the lost person, the Word of God is foolishness and it makes absolutely no sense. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But not so for the saved. It makes sense. As you go through it, as you read it. And how is it that it becomes to make sense for you as a believer? Simply because of this. The Holy Spirit of God who is within you, the Bible tells us He's your teacher. He's the one who's giving you the comprehension. He's the one who's giving you the ability to say, I get that, I understand that, I know what that means. John, by the way, tells us that, that the Spirit of God is our teacher. First John chapter 2, verse 27, go back there and look at it. So that's one thing that happens only in the life of the believer and never in the life of the lost. What else happens in the life of the believer simply because you have the Holy Spirit of God within you? Here's something else. But understand this, because of the Spirit of God within you, did you know that that's the only reason why you can truly pray? You might remember that Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, he said, For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You ever had a moment where you're going, God, I just don't even know how to pray this prayer. And all of a sudden the Spirit jumps in and the Spirit begins to give you the words. Maybe remind you of some Scripture that you can bring to God. What's going on there? That's the Holy Spirit of God who indwells you, working in you, allowing you to know how to pray. So those are some ways that you can prove your salvation that the Holy Spirit of God lives within you. But then there's something else concerning, and watch this, don't miss this. There's something else concerning the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that's going to prove a person's salvation, that it's true. And we find it in this text that's right here. And you ask, well, where? I'd like to know. What else is it 
that we as Christians experience that the lost will never simply because we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us. It's in verses 14 and 15. Watch this. Let me read both verses. Verse number 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. Now, as we look at the flow, and you got to hear me on this. As we look at the flow of what John is saying here, this is how we are to understand this, and I want you to see this. But John just finished making the point. What was the point he made in verse 13? That we know that we are saved when we see the work of the Holy Spirit within us. But then you go to verse number 14. What does John say? Verse number 14, he says, we testify. Then you go to verse number 15. What does he say? He says, we confess... And we then ask the question, so what do we, Christians, what do we testify? What do we confess? And the answer is, and look back at your Bible, verse 14, we testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. And then verse 15, we confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I want you to listen to me on this. But when you take the flow of what John is saying here, John is making the point that one other thing that the Spirit allows someone to do is testify and confess Jesus what He has done, and who He is. And again, He says in verse 15, what does He say? Whoever confesses all of this, then God abides in Him, and He in God. The Holy Spirit's within you. Again, a lost person is not going to testify to the truth of Jesus. A lost person is never going to confess to the truth of Jesus. Only that one who has the Spirit of God indwelling them. That is what John is saying here. But now, with that said, there's something else that needs to be brought out, and that is we cannot miss this. We can't miss the doctrinal statement that is made here. Now watch this. John makes the point to say in verse number 14, you're looking at your Bibles. He makes the point to say in verse number 14 that the Father sent His Son into the world. Didn't He? That's what He says. That Jesus is the Savior of the world. That's what He says, right? Now that says that Jesus, what? That's telling us that Jesus came to die for the sins of sinful man. If He's the Savior of the world, that's what that's saying. That He came to die for all of those who would come to Him by faith. That's what that's saying. To take the punishment for sinful man. That's what that's saying. That Jesus would then go to a grave, rise up from the grave, alive, proving His power over sin and death. And again, anyone that would come to Him by faith will be saved. Do you know what you have here in verses 14 and 15? You've got the gospel. That's what you've got. But then John goes on to say, verse 15, John makes the point to say that Jesus is the Son of God. What does that mean? That Jesus is God. He... Jesus, the the Son of God, having the same attributes as the Father. Therefore, He is God. That's the doctrinal statement. And so we have this doctrinal, and this is so important, and I'm going to bring something out here, but we have this doctrinal moment in the middle of this text that you cannot just pass by. John bringing out the gospel, that's what he does. Proclaiming Jesus and what he has done and who he is. That's what you've got in verses 14 and 15. Now, you're saying, why are you bringing this out? 
I'm bringing it out for a reason. Here's the reason. But remember the point that we are looking at at this point in our time together this afternoon. Perfected love is motivated by salvation. What is something that inspires you to live out agape? Well, we've been looking at it. But here's something else. When you think about that, again, you look at the text. Look at verse 16. In verse number 16, John says, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Just stop right there. Now, some great truths in that little piece of John's letter that we have just unpacked. The Spirit lives within the believer. We've seen that. The Spirit allows the one who believes in Jesus to testify and confess Jesus. But then there's also the pronouncement of the Gospel, right? I just showed you that. There's the pronouncement of the Gospel. Jesus is the Savior. And through all of this, after pronouncing the Gospel, John says, what does he say? After pronouncing the Gospel, he says, so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. Friends, I don't want you to miss this. But the context of of all of this is what? It's love. This is what the entire text is about. It's about this agape from verse 7 to the end of the chapter. And with that in mind, what John is saying here is this, and don't miss it, but he's saying the perfected love that is within us, the love that God places there, we desire to live it out on a habitual basis as we come to know and believe the love that God has for us. Now listen, but when you come to see in a greater and greater way what Jesus has done for you, who He is, then this love, this perfected love, this agape, which again is the focus of the text, is something that you desire to live out through your life more and more and more. He shares the gospel. He tells us who Jesus is, what He has done. And then he says, doesn't this just make you love him more? Yes. What's the result? I just want to live this love that he demonstrated to me more and more. That's how you read that. But then we conclude all this. We've got these wonderful truths, but we conclude it with this. John concludes verse 16. By simply writing this. What does he write? He writes, God is love. By the way, he's repeating himself from the end of verse 8, right? God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. We come back to this love, right? Full circle. We come back to the love. We come back to this perfected love. We come back to this agape. We come back to this selfless love, this sacrificial love. This agape that comes from God and whoever, now listen to me, whoever, and this is what John says, whoever abides or indwells or lives out this love, then this is proof that this love has been implanted in you. And that then proves that God lives in you, indwells you, abides in you through His Spirit. Remarkable. So many ways, so many reasons that we want to live out this love. Two more next time. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You. And Father, thank You for Your love. 
Father, thank you for agape. Thank you for this selfless love that you have demonstrated toward us and for those who have come to you and come to you by your son. You have implanted this same love within us and we thank you. May we be a people who we just want to live out this love for so many different reasons, one of which it's a witness. Knowing that every time we live out this love, people are seeing God through us. But Father, also may we want to live out this love simply because of how amazed we are at your salvation. That you would save us. That you would send your Son to die for us. Father, may that motivate us to also want to live out that kind of love for others to see. We praise you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. So, another wonderful truth regarding God and His love, and this love that He has placed in each one of His children, this selfless love that is in every believer. And you know, to think of what God has done for us, that He has saved the one that has come to His Son by faith, and what love that is. And when we see that love, we know that love, then we just want to live that love out. It's absolutely awesome. Well, just a joy to spend some time with you again today, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. And we will just continue to walk our way through this remarkable text that deals with the principles of God's love as we spend time in God's Word.